Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome, everybody, to Talking Fates, the Star Wars podcast where we discuss another Star Wars podcast, specifically Duel of the Fates, a podcast in nine parts based on the alleged Derek Connolly, Colin Trevorrow draft of the Star Wars Episode Nine script. I'm John Murray, co-host of Star Wars TV Talk, along with my TV Talk cohort, Zach Logan, and we are joined this week by Duel of the Fates voice talent, Greg LeGros, who plays Tor Valum in this fourth episode of the Limited Run 9 installment podcast. All right, Zach, take it away. Well, we are super excited to be joined by the voice of Tor Valum, Greg LeGros. Greg, how are you doing, man? I'm very good. Thanks for having me. Well, we are super excited, and this is a really interesting episode because Tor Valum is really a new character, and at this point, it seems to be a pretty influential one mm-hmm. in this script. So this is just really awesome. And I also want to encourage our listeners, if they haven't yet, to go and look at some of the concept art for this character, <laughs> because the rumored concept art is quite crazy, and it's really disturbing. And then also this character was kind of uh, adjusted and was even rumored to possibly be in The Rise of Skywalker. So it's just really interesting to see the evolution of this character and to get this mysterious look at it through mm-hmm. your voice. So <laughs> so my first question, I guess, is were you a Star Wars fan before this production? Oh, yeah. Um, I have my entire life. As long as I can remember, I was born in 76. So, you know, I was right in the, in the pocket for being immersed in Star Wars culture. And my brother is nine years older than me and also very generous. So he uh, handed down all of the uh, action figures and uh, vehicles he had collected <laughs> when I was uh, age appropriate. And so I had a lot of stuff and, and yeah, it was it consumed my entire life uh, while growing up, you know? So I, yeah, casual fan. <laughs> sure. a, a story old as time. Yeah. You were yeah. born uh, very close to when I was born. So Return of the Jedi was probably like your first indoctrination, like when you're really old enough to dig a Star Wars movie. I saw I saw Empire in the theater. Oh, did you? And you were you actually remember that at like age four? Well, yeah, I, I remember what I remember about it was it, uh, being really upset. Oh, uh, you know, when, when mostly about Han Solo being in the carbonite. Sure. It would just be odd. I didn't understand a lot of the story. I just, you know, I, I just liked it. I just like the lightsabers and mm-hmm. when you're four, it's just the colors and stuff. And so then I was I remember being at home. And a month or so later, a trailer came on TV for Empire because it was still in theaters. And I flipped out because I saw Han Solo in it and I forced my mom to take me <laughs> back to the theater. I'm like, no, it's the new one. He's, he's back. Everything's okay. I need to see him be okay. And then mm-hmm. I remember realizing slowly that I was in for the same ride and the same ending and nothing but disappointment and sadness. Well, <laughs> Fortunately, Harrison Ford didn't get his way back in the 80s or else yeah. it would have been just a roller coaster ride of emotions for you. <laughs> Um, but that's, uh, I guess that's not the, uh, Star Wars trilogy we are talking about tonight. No, no. Um, Zach, to your point, I've got this Tor Valum concept art pulled up on my computer and I just, I'm going to, I'm just going to describe like the two predominant ones that it seems like they were kind of focusing in on so that our audience can kind of get a sense of, of what Mm. Greg's, Greg's trying to convey in his performance. So we've got one version of Tor Valum where it's essentially some sort of waterlogged, super big baby head floating (laughs) in a swamp. 
And then you've got this creepy insect-like, almost centipede-ish type of creature that sort of emerges from the baby's head. Like we're, we're talking like dark, bizarre imagery going mm-hmm. on here with Torvalum. And then there's another one that's kind of a bust. So it looks like um, they were probably further along in production where they're actually making maquettes and they're, they're making sculptures so they can start actually creating digital models. So you've got a version of him where he, he's got a, a very elongated head with multiple sets of eyes and there's something very ghoulish about it also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, this is a, a dark character, but purely from the sound of your voice and, and the performance and your take on it, you don't bring like a slithering kind of monstrous evil to it. You bring a very contained, um, just powerful presence to it. So I, I got to know where were you at in your headspace? How were you approaching this character? Did you see the concept art? Was that yeah, influencing it? I, so it did in a way, like I, you know, Jamie told me who I'd be playing. And, uh, so I, you know, I Googled it and yeah. I saw all this imagery and I was like, well, this is a terrible idea. I shouldn't be looking at any of this. <laughs> it's too, all of it's conflicting. Like I didn't really know, like it was, it did more harm than good. And so I decided to not look at any more sure. images and just the script. And I, uh, I, I tried to just think of, you know, uh, the, the tone of villains in the, uh, uh, in the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. This, uh, I've, you know, I'm not, I, I've, I've really given a good go with the prequels, but I'm not nuts about them. And then there's a lot of like, uh, I don't know. There's there's a lot of goofy things added on to the voice acting for a lot of the monsters and characters mm-hmm. and aliens. And it's just so I didn't want to do that. I was just and I also didn't want to slip right into, well, I'll just do British because that's all the villains. Sure. <laughs> so I just I try to just look at the script and think about just the, the darkest, most horrible place. And that's where you just sit and wait for somebody. To... <laughs> um, well, it's a brilliant take because th- a character that is a little bit more contained and, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, you, you can tell that there's more going on under the surface than what they're presenting. Mm-hmm. Those tend to be more frightening. And those are the ones that have more of an impact. So the fact that you could command some sort of almost like regal authority, like just, there's no messing with this guy. He doesn't have to raise his voice because he knows that he's in control of the situation, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so that, that power that you brought to it and just the, the amount of restraint and control. I thought was really fitting for the character. So I'm glad that you landed on that approach to it. I think it works really well personally. Oh, right on. Glad to hear that. Cause it was very, it was nerve wracking. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I thought it was super interesting because you have this very interesting Kylo Ren in this script where he is struggling at being the, the big bad guy, right? Like he's trying yeah. to prove to the galaxy that he's the one to be feared. And then he encounters Torvalum who isn't taking any of his BS. Like he's got his lightsaber <laughs> thrown in his face and he's just like, hey, like, do you think that you intimidate me? And so I thought that you, of course, portraying that in your voice to where you were very calm and collective, but yet at the same time, we know there's something going on with this character and there's something ancient and dark because of course we hear that from the previous episode about Torvalum. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just thought that that was super interesting. And then for you, like you there's obviously a motive that this character has now did you think about what the motive was and if he had a motive and what it was going to be i didn't uh well i only had my little section of script so which uh I, jamie offered me the previous stuff and i was just like i, I want to listen to this mm-hmm. <laughs> i just got my little chunk and uh so i what i i got out of the script uh and their interaction was an, almost a, a lack of motive there's so much arrogance and self-satisfaction in what he has achieved and become and how much he's eluded. 
that it, everything is almost inconsequential or boring mm-hmm. sure. at this state form. So I kind of, I, I left him sort of sitting there and again, I got, you know, the ambiguous villain is usually the most fun. Yeah. Early on anyway. Yeah. It's also nice that you're the first person that we've talked to. Well, this is probably the, one of the first characters introduced, major characters introduced mm-hmm. into the story that isn't previously established. So we don't have any baggage coming into this with our expectations of yeah. the performance or who the character is. And uh, I, I have to assume that that's got to be kind of freeing for you to just be able to take that. And whatever you do is the right move, you know, because there's nothing that you need to ape or mimic or, you yeah. know, be, be overly preoccupied with. And I think that that just really helps because I found myself really lost in this episode because of that, because this is finally some uncharted territory for the mm-hmm. characters. Yeah, that was a that was a huge treat for me that I have to worry about trying to convey something. And, and I mean, I, I was excited too, as we started recording and, uh, you know, the, the actor portraying Kylo is doing such a bang up job. I was <laughs> yes, like, Oh was. man. <laughs> so that was really exciting and cool, but I was glad I didn't have that kind of pressure on to like, Hey, I'm going to be Harrison Ford for everyone. That's great. You know? <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, have you done any voice work before? Like, uh, how, how did you come into this project? Uh, well, I've been podcasting uh, with my buddies for the last two years, but I, I, I've never done any voice acting before. I had done uh, some acting in my uh, early 20s and uh, high school. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, not, it hasn't really been uh, any kind of regular thing for me. It was fun to go back to it. I haven't done it in so long. So going to your history in acting, like you said that you did some of the high school stuff. And obviously in stage acting, you're a little more animated. You're kind of a bigger actor. How, mm-hmm. Did you, are you animated when you're actually doing the voiceover stuff? Like, are you moving around your room or how did you, uh, <laughs> like, what was your mannerisms per se uh, for this? For this, I, uh, <laughs> I turned off the lights. Uh, I drank a big glass of scotch and uh, <laughs> I sat in the dark with a hoodie on, pulled over my head. Sure. I just, I just tried to think. Of the muck <laughs> and the okay. the empty battlefield, so yeah, big glass of scotch, dark. That was my uh, <laughs> the an actor prepares. Well, I feel like we need to write that down in an article somewhere because if yeah. more villains got a glass of scotch and put on a hood, I think their performances <laughs> would be great because it did seem so original. But at the same time, it did really, and that's where I was drawn to. It felt like an original Star Wars trilogy type of villain. It, it was very similar to our introduction of Sidious when we first saw him back in empire on the holocron, you know, whenever he had the nasty looking forehead before they corrected everything. (laughs) The the monkey eyes. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But it was, it was something that was very similar where you get this feeling to where, Oh, Darth Vader was established in the first film as the big bad, but then you find out he's not actually the big bad and there's an even more mysterious character. So I feel like you really nailed that same type of tone. So that's why I asked how you really, uh, you know, how how you set the mood, per se. Oh, really? Well, that's great. I, the, thing, the other thing I thought about was uh, I, what I like about this story and this script, and it's so fun to listen to, is there's elements that kind of bring me back to the original trilogy, particularly that we get this sort of like dark version of Luke going to Dagobah, mm-hmm. right? Where Kylo's on this yeah. solo, like, you know, introspective journey to find more power. And it's I, I love it. I think it's so cool. So I like that idea of this sort of, uh, alternate horrible like if Yoda was the worst <laughs> right yeah it's it's an inversion of of Luke's uh, ascendance yeah. into the Jedi order this is yeah Kylo trying to go deeper into yeah. the dark side um yeah no this this opening scene it came together great the score is perfect like it's moody it's tense yeah. it's just 
a very, very taut scene to, to kick off this latest installment. Um, yeah. And, and I just gotta say your, your performance, no small part of what was really working at the beginning of this episode. Oh, thanks man. Yeah. Casey Lyons did the uh, score for uh, mm. the show and he's done a masterful job. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, uh, I think the whole projects come together very nicely. Uh, mm-hmm. we're four episodes in and, uh, it's actually, you know, it's, it's high in my rotation. Like it's, it's the one that I'm waiting for it to yeah. drop, you know, yeah, me too. <laughs> so, uh, that says something not just about the script, but also, yeah, just about, uh, I think what, uh, everyone brought to it by way of just effort and passion for the project. Yeah. So, uh, high marks all around. I got a, a question for you though. Um, mm-hmm. You said that, you know, you only saw your, your sides, your, your dialogue mm. before getting involved in the project. Have you read the whole script at this point? Or are you still kind of coming into this fresh? No, I'm just, I'm just listening. I just wanted to hear the show, uh, you know. Okay. So what's your, uh, now that we're four episodes in, how do you feel it's stacking up? Like that we're not trying to, you know, throw any shade on, um, rise of Skywalker, but as an alternate possibility of what episode nine could have been mm-hmm. um how do you feel is this is this maybe more your cup of tea or did you like what we saw in rise of skywalker where do you land on the whole trevorrow or abrams yeah. yeah um well with the with the new trilogy i loved force awakens it was so fun it was a great palate cleanser mm-hmm. and when it comes to last jedi i like stuff in it and i don't like stuff in it it's not about i, I don't have any problem with trying to unravel the storytelling there's just a few things it just, just didn't work for me and then when we got to Rise of Skywalker, I had a lot of fun because I had no more expectations okay. or, yep. you know, it's it's a good, fun time. Uh, but I'm finding more and more, I feel like this is the movie I would have wanted to watch more sure. or the movie I'd be going back to. I like this adventure. I think it has parallels to the previous stories without aping them. You know, it's like yeah. it's showing you a different side. And I, and I really like that. Um, so, yeah, I love this story. I think it's great. I'm, uh, there's part of me that will be eternally sad that I'll never see it on screen. But that, <laughs> that's great because we have this. So Yeah, you have a a top-notch audio drama rendition of it that you can fall back on if you ever want to jump into sort of a bizarro Star Wars world and yeah. you know, reminisce on what could have been. And I like Rise of Skywalker. I had a great time. I, it's fan service, and but, you know, I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. Service, service me. Sure. <laughs> Please. <laughs> well, I think you're definitely in Zach's camp on that because he walked yeah. away very satisfied with uh, uh, the amount of tying up loose ends that, you know, yeah. it, it was a very stuffed movie, but they covered a lot of ground in those two hours. So, um, yeah, yeah, if, 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 uh, you were up for the pace of it, there was a lot there to, to like. So, um, I'm always happy to hear when people walk away saying that, you know, they got something of value of it. Cause unfortunately I, I was a little saltier on it when it came out, but, uh, sure. where yeah. do you land on, uh, last Jedi? Um, I enjoyed last Jedi. I, I feel like, you know, there was some stuff that didn't work so great in it. Mm-hmm. Like many people, they point to the, mm-hmm. the Canto bite sort of, well, yeah, you know, side adventure. That, it's the worst. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that, you know, it, it's there, there's crit- criticisms to be made, but mm-hmm. I think what Ryan Johnson got really right was the back and forth between Ray and Kylo. I thought that that oh, was a, yeah. a really compelling evolution of how you can use the force in one of these movies. And it, it really helped to flesh out their characters and make this trilogy something that, was a little more divergent from what we'd mm-hmm. seen in the previous one. So there was a lot to applaud there, but I, I totally understand why it was divisive for so yeah. many as well. Mm-hmm. But I, I at least found it thought provoking and, and I adventurous and you know, it was, it was a bold move for yeah. what it was. It was a big swing. Yeah. And a lot of it looks as good as anything has ever looked mm-hmm. in this, in the series. Absolutely. Uh, beautiful looking film. And, and if we're talking about just tone, even though I, I loved the rise of Skywalker, I had so much fun with it. Yeah. And oh, like you said, and I mm-hmm. definitely, I definitely see all the fan service stuff, but I'm like, yo, I'm like, well, I'm a fan service me. I want to see Chewie get his medal, man. Get <laughs> yeah, Chewie yeah, the right. medal. Um, <laughs> and, but the way that The Last Jedi ends, I feel like the tone of this alleged script 
fits better with where the last Jedi leaves off because it does leave off very dark and yeah. all the characters that have been portrayed so far, even the kind of darker, more grown up Ray, I feel like uh, mm-hmm. just fits better into that yeah. storytelling. I'm I not saying that necessarily rise of Skywalker is out of place. I'm not saying that at all, but I feel like that this is definitely something that uh, was intentional and was Trevorrow's approach yeah. on, okay, this is where we left the characters and this is where we're taking them. Some mm-hmm. time has passed and mm-hmm. things are really dark. And Kylo Ren is, he's going to be extremely dark and he's going to pursue this even more extreme dark character of Tor Valum, who goes back to Plagueis, which is also kind of a, a fan servicey type of character because a lot of characters are like, okay, I want to know more about this Plagueis guy. Mm-hmm. And so we, even though we don't necessarily get that so far in this episode, we do get that tone that, that Palpatine had when he's telling Anakin about the tragedy. Like we get a similar type of mm-hmm. feel of this dark, gruesome character. So I've really enjoyed it. So great job on you guys. Right on. Yeah. I'm having fun listening to, I get to be a fan of something. It's nice. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, maybe we'll uh, we'll leave it there for now. Very done, Zach. You got anything else you want to bite into before we call it a night? Uh, no, I mean, I just uh, wanted to give Greg an opportunity to plug a couple of his podcasts. So he is a part of a couple of podcasts, and will mm-hmm. you tell us just a little bit about those and where we can listen to it? Absolutely. Um, I'm co-host with uh, Jamie Dew, who's uh, put our lovely uh, Duel of the Fates show together. Uh, we do a tragically hip podcast uh we've uh, <laughs> both just big fans and decided to start doing that and it turned into a much much bigger thing than we had planned and it's been going great anyway that's uh the show's called fully and completely you can find it on just about any podcast wherever you listen to podcasts or you can go to jamie's uh site which is d-e-w-v-r-e uh dot com that's uh podcast and such and then i'm also host of another show co-host uh, called time bandits and that's uh, that's your basic uh, movie nerd junk. Me and my buddies have been doing something for years. We used to have another show called See You Next Wednesday that was doing very well, but we couldn't hold up the uh, the, the construct of the show. So now we do Time Bandits, where we're basically we've jumped back to 1980. We we talk about a movie from 1980, and we each pick a few songs from uh, that came out around that time, and we make a little mixtape that comes out as well. So that show is called Time Bandits. You can find it on Anchor FM or of course Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Time Bandits. All right. Well, everyone should check that out. Well, Greg, you outdid yourself. Uh, I think that everyone that has listened to your performance is blown away by this character. And especially if you look at that concept art, especially the <laughs> the stretched out uh, centipede looking one, I yeah, think yeah. it's really fitting and they could actually see this happen. So thank you so much for joining us, man. It was such an honor to have you on and we hope to have you back and talk more about this character. Yeah, anytime. Thanks for having me. I had a great time. It was a lot of fun. It was the thing of nightmares. So yeah, <laughs> mission accomplished. Well, until we meet back with our heroes and villains in the next installment of Duel of the Fates, this is Zach Logan signing off from the resistance. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.